Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, beautiful people, to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Brian Hardy, here to guide you on our wellness journey, connecting nutrition, wellness, fitness, biohacking, health optimization, socializing, community, all kinds of good things, all kinds of good things, all these pillars of health and wellness, wealth being part of that as well. All these things are important on our journey, I think you would agree, and that is why we explore them on this podcast. Okay, enough of me sounding like a silly person. Today is going to be a great one, and I'm going to skip our ads today. If you want to support the podcast, just go to the blog post of any of the podcasts that I put together, and there you will find products that I recommend things that are mentioned, links that you can click to support, whether that's through Patreon or whether that is through an affiliate link. All of that is much appreciated and helps to keep this thing going. Okay, all that said, today's episode was with a good friend and a new friend, Roland Pinkowich and Ayla Reed. And these two are essentially rolling out a new kind of health optimization paradigm in Canada. And it's very exciting stuff. Really, this is the future of preventative and, you know, complementary and proactive medicine. Because long gone are the days where we need to grow old and slow down and get sick and have chronic disease and suffer through that nonsense. It is not something that has to happen. We know why these diseases manifest. We have the tools to treat them, and we have the capability to proactively invest in our health and make that be an asset that supports us for the length of our life, the entire length. That's what they're focused on. That's what I'm all about. That's why I love this paradigm. I loved sitting down with them and chatting with them. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. So I'm not going to uh, belabor the point too much here. I'm going to kick you in to this episode, everything that we talk about will be linked over at brianhardy.ca slash home hope, H-O-M-E-H-O-P-E. You'll understand why that is as you listen to this episode. In the meantime, take some notes, reach out, share this episode if it, if it really impacts you and makes you think differently and makes you understand things differently and brings value to your life. Give it a share, give it a like, put it in your stories on social media. All of the things which are so, so supportive and uh, appreciated. Truly, 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 truly appreciate those things. Okay, I'm going to play you out at the end of this podcast with a beautiful song by our man Rob Ricardo called Deep Connection. 
which is an amazing song that I never get tired of. And uh, I will chat with you at the end of the episode. We've got some amazing folks here today, Roland and Ayla. And um, we are going to dive into many awesome things. Uh, so if you're watching this on the Facebook, go ahead and you know engage, ask questions. I don't, can't guarantee we'll get to them because I can't see the screen. But perhaps we will. We'll perhaps pick them up in the field, Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you like to optimize your brain, Brian? That is going. Ayla, would you like to optimize your brain? I would indeed. Oh, of course. Okay. Ladies first. Okay. Manners. So tell us, tell us what we have here. So we have some blue canatine trochies. And for the average person, I'm going to assume they don't know the word trochi. Yes. A trochi is similar to a lozenge, okay. but it's meant to bypass the salivary excretions of your mouth. So what you okay. do is you take this and you put it up in your buccal cavity and you look like someone punched you in the lip. Okay. But that's okay. So you're putting it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a combination of four, <laughs> speaking <laughs> is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I've never taken a full trochee and had a conversation, so I'm sorry for everyone out there. Four brain-boosting products. Mm. <laughs> so there's caffeine, <laughs> nicotine, methylene blue, and we have a little bit of CBD in here. Mm-hmm. Just to take the edge off the stimulus. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen slowly over the next 30 minutes is our teeth, tongues, and mouths are going to become progressively more blue. And it's going to be a huge distraction for everyone on camera. It's kind of hard to keep it. I know. Mm-hmm. You need like a, like a really big upper, mm-hmm. upper lip cavity. <laughs> um, but what this is going to help is these three ingredients are caffeine as a well-known brain booster, short-term performance enhancer. Nicotine helps to increase acetylcholine binding in the brain, so prefrontal cortex activity, we're talking focus, um, attention span, short-term memory, stuff of that nature. Methylene blue, which is actually kind of ironic because we're sitting next to a fish tank, is actually used to clean algae off of fish tanks in commercial spaces. Mm. But for people who have early cognitive decline, um, it can help offset the negative effects of brain mitochondrial dysfunction because it can donate electrons to the good old mitochondrial electron transport chain mm. and upregulate ATP synthesis. Mm. And CBD is just nice and mellow. All of our aches and pains are going to melt away and we're all going to be Gumby on the couch by the end of this. But Gumby with awesome brains. Yes. Well, we're going to be solving quantum physics equations, but just motionless. Okay. That's awesome, right? It is. It is funny too because the first time I heard about methylene blue was in the context of candida protocols mm. yeah and it is an antifungal that's a good point okay this is probably why it's good for the uh the algae yes sense. yes interesting okay so we're gonna let that do its thing and try to speak yeah yeah and it's kind of it's kind of hard to speak it is it tastes really? pretty good i kind of got it wedged inside there so it's like pretty mm. secure yeah um but it the does agrees. not <laughs> taste bad these are the early mm. prototypes so this flavor profile is not finalized. These are being currently produced in California for commercial re- retail purposes. Um, for those who are interested, the website is called Proscriptions. Mm-hmm. Trochi Prescription. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're physician formulated by our mentor, Dr. Ted Echocoso, who is the founder of Health Optimization. Uh, and you can sign up if you're interested because you can purchase these for nootropic use, short-term cognitive enhancement. The idea is to become limitless for about three, four hours. Mm. It's the closest thing to the, you know, the drug in the movie, Limitless, mm. that I still haven't seen, mm. shockingly enough. It's a classic. I know. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So we're going to be limitless. 
Okay, well, we look forward to that. Everyone listening can uh, benefit from that. Hopefully it will be a little bit more clear and dialed in. And um, before we jump in, because I do want to talk about health optimization and sort of different branches of that and different focuses of yours and just really nerd out on brain and gut health and skin health and all these different things, wherever the muses take us. But before we jump into that, I'd love for each of you to just introduce yourselves a little bit, give a bit of background, context for you know who you are and how you came to be doing this <clears throat> work. Okay. Who would you like to go first? Let's do ladies first. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, just, actually, maybe we should start with Roland because I came into the picture after the the true okay. storyline. Should we start like the cool chronological story stuff? Sure. Okay. And well, for everyone listening, the show notes for everything we talk about, the transcriptions, health optimization, all that stuff will be at the blog, brianhardy.ca forward slash home hope. And you'll understand why those words in a minute. Okay. Roland, take it away. Take us away. Okay. So I guess the story starts back um, pre-nutrition school where we met each other as students. <clears throat> My background was in competitive martial arts um, and professionally I was involved in exercise mechanics. So I was always involved in health and wellness. Um, and then one served the other, right? Being uh, an athlete and a a physical trainer, you can improve your own athletic performance. Uh, and it always led me to becoming more and more interested in health in general, right? Led me to, oh, what do I eat? What supplements do I take? Stuff of that nature. So when my career path kind of hit a little bit of a bumpy road, someone suggested me to go back to school and become a nutritionist. So like everyone asks you health questions anyways. And I went, that's a fucking great idea. Why didn't I think of that? I still remember where I was. So I enrolled at the school called the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, which is a wonderful connection among the three of us, and mm. we'll explain why. Uh, and there it kind of, it piqued my interest in the deep details of science and biochemistry. You know, that's where you and I had a, a bit of a, a commonality because of your background in school. And when I graduated from IHN, oh, we got to keep on, keep on. Graduated from IHN. Um, I wanted to do something a little bit more because I didn't want to work just simply with symptoms. Mm. I wanted to start studying a little bit more in depth and have some more objective ways of discovering what's going on with the client. So I started studying functional medicine and I started podcasting like you do. And then in the process of podcasting, uh, I was connected with the gentleman who now mentors me. It's kind of a fast track. Uh, and this was in October 2016. I interviewed him when he was at the World Mitochondrial Conference in Berlin. If, and the end of the, the episode, he says, you know, Roland, you're bringing health optimization to Canada. And I still remember going, what? Me? Why me kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I finally stopped asking that. So mm. fast forward to January 2017, we have the first health optimization meetup in, in California where we established the specific roles of everyone. So, you know, my role is within Canada, working with Ayla. And from that point forward, you know, I've been bouncing around the world for the last three years studying, getting exposed to different kinds of health modalities, going to conferences that are internationally renowned conferences. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to about a year and a half ago when I was looking to start doing clinical practice in Canada. I'll let you kind of jump in at that point. I kind of came in and uh, started working with Roland. I was coming out of a similar background in the professional athlete um, way I was a professional dancer for a show called Lord of the Dance mm. and I traveled around the world and that kind of exposed me to my true passion which was wellness and optimizing my performance 
so yeah, it was kind of interesting how the synchronicity of me and Roland met, and then um, everything from there has just been kind of this whirlwind of figuring yeah. things out. Mm -hmm. And now it's all unfolded, and, and it's quite incredible to see just how people experience the practice and, and how it changes their lives. Mm. Optimized health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell me more about the, the paradigm, right? Because there's Western medicine, there's sickness care, there's crisis mm -hmm. management, all those things that are well-developed, well-known of, and you know, good for that purpose, but for those of us that are already well and want to be better, mm -hmm. or for those of us that are you know, somewhere in the middle of the road and just don't want to have chronic disease manifest itself, there's not a lot of options. Mm -hmm. There's not a framework. There's not an understanding uh, around how do we do that, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I really see this to be. So I'd love for you to just sort of, exp you know, exp ex uh, elaborate? elaborate on that. Yeah, the, like what is that paradigm? What is the overarching perspectives, goals, you know, tools, techniques, and so forth? I mean, a cool way that I can maybe introduce this is if I ask you, Brian, what is your definition of health? What do you say? I, at this point in my life, would say... Um, <clears throat> Having the energy to do what you want to do and having um, a nourishing, really for me it's, it's having access to nourishment from food, social life, nature, something bigger than myself, spirit. I have a pretty holistic definition of health at this mm -hmm. point and have for a few years. Um, but it's that. It's that. It's not being... Um, hindered in what I can do or what I want to do because of my body's not working or um, you know something's out of whack yeah. so being able to be me in the highest sense mm -hmm. I like it is sort of the mm -hmm. yeah. and the the thing that I wanted to kind of tease out there is <clears throat> the average person would probably say that if they're free of illness they're healthy right mm -hmm. and if you're talking about a framework you need a way to actually lay out a framework that has a way of defining health so you can practice the service of helping someone improve their health. So the whole idea of health optimization is you start from a fun fundamental base of knowing that just because you're not sick, it doesn't mean you're healthy. It just means that you're not sick. If you want to go a level down, health and fitness are not the same thing. You could be fit to run a marathon but not healthy, but you can be healthy but not fit to run a marathon. So it's being able to tease out the semantics of, of how do we take a definition of health which we say is it's the absence of disease in conjunction with the balance between all of the anabolic, the building, and the catabolic processes for the individual inclusive of their life cycle. And an example of this would be at seven years old, you're very anabolic because you're growing. At 70 years old, you're more of the catabolic side because the human body has a, an unfortunate lifespan that it typically experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that, and then within that, how do you establish a way of defining these things and then objectively teasing them out mm. so health optimization is personalized clinical care through the use of strategic lab tests which we can get into and the whole idea is how do we determine where your health status is and what do we, what is it we need to do in order to address the imbalances the deficiencies the subtle toxicities in your system to get you back to that optimal state so that's the framework of what it is and it's meant to actually work with someone who already has a baseline of not being sick. It's not to say that it's not going to be helpful for people who are ill. It's just not the best framework for them 
because like you said, Western medicine, functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, their framework or the lens they look through is the, rem the remediation of illness. Mm -hmm. it, they're really good at it. But when you get someone out of that illness state, what do you do to optimize or to ensure their health long term? That's where I like to say we come in. Mm -hmm. So what's great about that is it also doesn't make us an alternative to any other health practice out there. We'll never replace a doctor, never replace a specialist or even uh, a functional practitioner of sorts. We work more synergistically to say, okay, you deal with this end of the spectrum. This is the disease end. Bring them to a relative stable base. Now let's get them over here. Mm. And another analogy might be, you know, there's a car that you can get around day to day in that gets your kids from school, gets your groceries. As long as you maintain that, the car's never going to break down. But if you decide to take that car to a racetrack, you might have to make a couple modifications if you want that car to perform at a high level. Mm. We are those custom modifications because mm. every car has a different requirement. You might need tires, you might need more horsepower, you might need better brakes, you might need to remove some weight. Mm. So that's the, the, the parallel, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, totally. And it's, it, you know, it seems um, very well suited and like really filling a niche, mm -hmm. particularly for those, those high performers or those people that want more out of their lives, out of their bodies. You know, I'm thinking about the average CEO or professional athlete or whoever these people are that don't have the tools um, and the, the context for really uh, maintaining that high level of performance and knowing how to bounce back and how to, you know, it's not just about taking your protein shake and your lean chicken breast or whatever the picture of, you know, post-workout recovery that people have. Nothing um, like plain chicken breast and yeah. whey protein. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's happened to the best of us, I think, at times, you know, the whole mm -hmm. bland, lean, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, just focus on the macros and forgetting the whole other side of, of the deeper elements of nutrition for as one you know piece of the puzzle um, but then also having you know the lifestyle factors and, and being able to, what I really like is being able to quantify it all right because that's where it seems things are going mm -hmm. you know the whole quantified quantified self movement and you know appifying everything mm -hmm. our sleep quality our heart rate our heart variability all these different things that uh, not only give us really good insights that most of us can't you know feel into a lot of really in tune people and like eastern focused people they can just feel they like feel your pulse like oh your kidneys are stressed mm -hmm. or your liver is too hot or whatever it is and like a chinese medicine paradigm but a lot of us in the west don't have that right we don't have that inbuilt sensory connection mm -hmm. to our organs and to our different systems so to be able to measure that quantify it, show it, and then track that over time mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. And it also allows you to give yourself a, a framework of a baseline. You know, we had a client who came in yesterday, mm -hmm. Paul. So he's not got anything that's really wrong with him, but his mother has an undiagnosed autoimmune condition that she's on chemotherapeutic agents for. Dad's got early cognitive decline. And he basically sat in the office yesterday and said, I share genetics with these people. I don't want to do that. So besides the high performers, the pro athletes, the CEOs, it's for people who don't want to experience the unfortunate realities of when you leave something that's kind of insidious under the surface to manifest for 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. You can catch things way ahead of time, but you need to have some objective detection device in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, it's the detection and correction of imbalances. Western medicine diagnoses and treats disease at the level of the organ, Health optimization medicine detects and corrects imbalances at the level of the metabolome because we use metabolites. We're looking at the function of the basic cell. 
Mm. And like you said, for those who want to quantify everything, unless you have someone who can make sense of those numbers, someone who has a, an ability to understand with an expertise of what all that stuff means, a lot of it is self-quantification just for the fun of it. And if that's someone's goal, that's great. Mm. But if you're wishing to have an outcome, a desired effect of that, uh, then using something a little bit more strategic is probably where you should start. And sometimes people, you know, they do lab tests and it's eye-opening to say, oh, well, I'm actually healthy. And, and that break from going, oh, you're creating some things, you're holding on to this ideal in your head that's thinking you're actually more ill than you are. Or you're maybe mm. holding on to things that you're a healthy individual, you just need to move these things a little bit more in the needle of optimal. Mm. And, you know, that shift in going, I'm healthy, actually helps you with your psychology of it and uh, supports you in that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what's more commonly experienced, or that I see, and you guys probably see, when people do very basic lab testing with a traditional medical doctor, mm -hmm. and as long as they're not in the disease range, they're, they get the stamp of approval. Right. I just got my test, oh, I'm, I'm totally healthy. Right. And you, you can tell by looking at them, something's not right, mm -hmm. right? But that's the old way, right? That's the old paradigm. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so funny that you say that because I think for a lot of us, particularly health conscious folks, it's so easy to fall into that trap mm -hmm. of like orthorexia kind of thinking, mm -hmm. right? Of like, this is toxic, can't have any of that, you know, gluten's going to kill me and like all these things. Yeah. When really, if you've covered the bases and you have a strong foundation, you probably are doing quite well. Mm -hmm. It's about balance, right? This is the mm -hmm. whole philosophy is to create balance inside and balance internally, balance in your life, you know, through friends, work, and play, and it's just kind of the key to optimal health, really. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And so, you guys are rolling that out in Canada. Tomorrow, it sounds like, is the official sort of launch day. <laughs> it's actually cool timing. So, tomorrow is the official first day of using the full health optimization panel. Mm -hmm. We have been using an, a modified adapted version um, that was not inclusive of blood analyses. Mm -hmm. But literally tomorrow, we have the first five clients coming into the clinic to do all of their blood draws, plus the urine and stool analysis, which are the three labs that we use. Uh, and yeah, you know, September 2019, we uh, place our stake in the ground to say health optimization is now available in Canada. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. I love that the timing of this worked out so perfectly. Um, that's very exciting. And in terms of those tests, I wonder if you can just give us a, a brief overview of what those tests are, what you're looking for, you know, what one would expect if they were to book an appointment and come in and have put themselves into this whole, uh, you know, system. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we use three very specific tests from Genova Diagnostics, which is arguably the the top metabolomics lab in the world. They're the oldest. Uh, the first test we do is something called the NutriVal. It's a nutrient evaluation using blood and urine. So things we're looking for there are vitamin mineral status. Um, we can look at GI health markers from urine. We can look at neurotransmitters, uh, the efficiency of how your body's making energy from fats and carbs. We can also look at toxin exposure, uh, detoxification pathways, um, amino acids, essential fatty acids, to get a, a basically a depiction of what's floating around your bloodstream, not only in the serum, but also in the red blood cell. Mm. So it's uh, an indication of giving the rationale for why someone should take a specific supplement or why they might actually be taking something that's not necessary for them. Mm. Or to go a level deeper, if there are some imbalances 
based upon the ability to interpret those labs strategically, making decisions that when you move one node in the network, it affects a multitude of others in a positive way, be it you know a specific nutrient deficiency affecting neurotransmitter health, GI dysfunction, as well as detoxification backlogs. That's the first test we use. Uh, the second test is a simple food sensitivity panel. Um, one of the main pillars of health optimization is minimizing inflammatory response. So making sure that your immune system isn't really negatively correlating with the foods you're eating on a regular basis. And the last one, which is my favorite, poop test. <laughs> Looking at what's being released from your microbiome. So a uh, stool sample to look at microbe dysbiosis, yeast overgrowth, potential parasitic infection, uh, gut immune, gut metabolic axes, digestive insufficiencies. And what we do when we get all those tests is we do an analysis of each test. And then from there, we kind of correlate um, the ways the tests connect and we give someone their personal, I want to use this word, but analysis prescription of where they are from a health perspective and what it is they need to do to minimize any future imbalances that will crop up as a result of what we see on the test. Okay. And then, so in terms of that, I guess recommendations are coming down to sort of food, supplement, lifestyle. Holistic right? package, yes. Yeah, really trying to... All the inputs you can optimize, really. Some of the inputs you put in your body, you can affect, you know, how your house is. You can affect what, you know, your external, what you're using on yourself. You can do supplementation internally. You can do, you know, infrared lights. You can do all these kind of taking biohacking things, there's kind of this personalized protocol that's going to just take every single way you can optimize and just doing it all. Mm. Right. And then is that rolled out over a series of appointments or is this like a, they get like a comprehensive sort of package and they sort of are following that for a while? Is there like an ongoing coaching aspect to it? What's the sort of... All of the above. I mean... Mm. We have a lot of clients who have unique lifestyles. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, so there's two kinds of clients that come in. There's ones who can establish a regular baseline where they can follow everything you suggest. Mm -hmm. And there's a clients that you have to follow their lifestyles, travel, professional sports, whatever. So there is a unique element, just as there's a personalized element to the process of lab testing, there's a personalization to what that client does need, mm -hmm. which is why it is not, um, it's, it's not an inexpensive service for that reason. But at the same time, there, there is a baseline structure where we gather information, we get that started as a client file, the client goes to do their labs, the report comes back, we do the analysis. After the analysis, we take the labs, or sorry, we take the client through their labs. Once they agree upon everything, we start their first protocol. Three to six months is where we do the initial implementation. At the six month mark, we suggest a retest to see, okay, well, what kind of progress have we made? And then the idea is to do this long term, you know, just as you have someone who maintains your car, someone who's a uh, handyman in your house, we're the people who maintain your health long term. So once a year, you dedicate some time and some resources to yourself, get your labs run, see what's going on with yourself, because health is a dynamic thing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it allows us to personalize what we need to do to keep you in that optimal state moving forwards. Mm. Love this diet, as Ayla said. All the inputs, so lifestyle, exercise, sleep, everything can be touched upon. Mm. And it really is back to, you know, what is a client after? What mm -hmm. are they looking to do? And how much of um, how much of our expertise they're actually looking for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing I see, particularly with those kinds of people, you know, and ideally for most of us, we have a bit of a team, like a health team, mm -hmm. right? You might have a body worker you get massage from, you might have a 
acupuncturist who keeps your meridians flowing. You know, then you got people like yourselves that do the nutrition and the testing and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a very what I see. It's a foundational piece, right? If you're gonna have some place that you really, like you said, invest your time and your energy and your money in your own well-being, seems to be you know a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. That gives us an idea of sort of the overarching view and perspective that you guys are operating with. We'd love to now dive into um, and what we were chatting about before, you know, and, and why we have these uh, trophies. In How's our, everyone feeling, by the way? <laughs> I'm still trying to manage the, the speaking aspect yeah, without having this thing fly out of my face. It's starting to shrink, though, so it's getting easier. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think mine's found a nice home up there. There you go. Um, Your teeth aren't blue at all. I can't tell that you've taken one. <laughs> I believed you for a second. Yes. Like, like, there's no way. You should look like, into like, the camera, Brian, and smile at the, everyone ladies, who's we'll watching. We'll take a picture. We'll take okay. a picture we of all of our blue okay. mouths. Good deal. And it'll be glorious, and we'll make it go viral. And you know, the cover photo. Blue is the new smart. Mm-hmm. Blue is the new smart. Or you did something really naughty with a Smurf. <laughs> Or, as we were saying before, we're awakening our inner avatar. Yes. Start, starts like with that. the mouth. Starts with <laughs> the mouth. And then the body paint comes. And then the body paint. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so we've already gotten uh, some goodness for our brains. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what do we want to dive into? What, what do we want to focus on as we sit here? And some of the topics that came up were brain health, gut health, skin health. Um, and so, I mean, just kicking off with brain health, like what's in your thinking, your perspective? What are things... Um, that you're really interested in these days, maybe things that um, you think more people need to pay attention to when it comes to brain health and brain optimization? It's an interesting question. Um, things that people need to pay attention to. I mean, you know, you did mention something earlier about having an inner awareness of what, what's going on. Like, how do you feel? What do you need? How are things performing? If you do not feel that your brain is on point, or there is a, a fluctuation to the sense of performance and abilities that you might have cognitively, then it probably does necessitate some, some diving into what's going on with your health. Because any organ, like nothing is separate. Everything affects everything in the body. So the health of one organ is likely a manifestation or an extension of the health of your total being. So if we're talking brain health, perspective is the most important thing anytime we're looking at something in the body. Um, you can't optimize brain function without establishing a baseline of health. You know, bringing it back to health optimization, the brain is made up of neuronal connections, right? Nerve synapses, neurotransmitters jumping across a gap and then inducing a function. Mm. All those nerves, uh, neurons rather, require specific nutrients to optimize themselves. So if someone is running uh, chronic nutritional deficiencies, that can compromise brain performance. Um, if you look at from a structural perspective, structure dictates the function inside the body. So the blood-brain barrier, which is meant to keep certain things out of the, the brain because it's a very fragile organ, has a very similar structure to what's in the GI system. They have these tight junctions that essentially keep it sealed. But if you have leaky gut and inflammatory issues in your GI system, they're finding that you might have leakiness of the brain at the same time. So certain compounds that are very inflammatory that require the nervous and the, the immune system to fire up could be inducing issues in your brain. Mm. And then there's the, the communication between your GI system, the enteric nervous system, and the vagus nerve that communicates bi-directionally with your gut and your brain. So if there's things going on peripherally in the body that are disharmonious or inflammatory, then there's a likely scenario where the same thing's happening inside your brain. 
someone's experiencing brain fog, short-term forgetfulness, uh, snap mood changes, um, the inability to regulate things like sleeping patterns, energy levels. Mm. All those things are signs of your brain being compromised. So the, the, to kind of round out your question, the most important thing is a perspective of what are we looking at with the brain and what is it someone's trying to accomplish when it comes to brain health. Mm. And it's so funny that, I mean, for people to draw that connection, it's very often that if we're experiencing, you know, physical gut distress or bloating or gassiness, it's pretty um, closely linked that your brain's just not going to feel so sharp, mm-hmm. right? We've all um, felt, I mean, we've all felt it before, mm-hmm. right? I've had periods in my life where it's like, why can't I remember anything? You know, you're kind of fighting for a word that you know the word, but you can't actually put the piece together. Mm-hmm. Or you have this like massive headache that just comes on for no reason whatsoever. Those are signs of, of brain dysfunction, but they're not necessarily a brain problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about um, what I always try and illustrate for people is that you, you know the system can only run as well as um, the supply of sort of fuel and cofactors, you know, mm-hmm. being vitamins, minerals, amino acids, all these different things, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's easy for people that aren't trained like us um, to not put those together, mm-hmm. right? To not see how there's a, a direct correlation and and a direct sort of limiting, uh, you know, upper upper function of our organs, specifically the brain in this case, um, that if we're not giving the proper inputs, we just aren't going to get the results we want. Mm-hmm. I think an important thing too is, you know, people are very much um, inspired or drawn to things like nootropics, brain boosting agents. but unless you establish a baseline of taking care of those things that you mentioned, unless you get your health on point, you can never optimize the performance of your brain fully. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's a massive, a massive thing that I've experienced. Um, and in and, and kind of, of keeping with that theme, you know, you probably wanted to get into some of the most important things people can do to optimize their brain function. There's three areas that I, I look at that are, I, I find to be a key thing when it comes to the brain. Mm. One, we talked about GI health minimizing any negative effects of the GI system or negative symptoms of the GI system. Second is mitochondrial function. So supporting everything that has to do with energy metabolism and we can get into regulating things like blood sugar and ketones and things of that nature. And the last thing is managing the inflammatory response. If I were to give anyone a starter kit of what to focus on when they want to improve brain function, if those three things are in check, inflammatory levels are are regulated or low, um, energy production, meaning not only from a dietary perspective, the, the food choices you make, but also the amount of food you eat, how you exercise and um, dispose of some of that energy that you've taken in, supporting energy metabolism in general. And the last thing is connecting uh, the different organs in the body that can have a direct effect on the brain, specifically the GI system, the nervous system, and the immune system. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, I love the adage, I forget who, who said it, but uh, the best nootropic is a good night's sleep. <laughs> so true. And uh, yeah, it's like, start with the foundation, yeah. right? Start with the foundation. It's so easy to get caught up in the sexy, you know... Enhance my brain. Yeah, whatever the fanciest mm-hmm. technology or supplement, or you know, those great things, things that we all love and use and, you know, appreciate. Like you said, you're not gonna 
you know, patch a leaking boat with some fancy, you know, nootropics. Mm-hmm. Like it might, it'll keep you going. Mm-hmm. It'll improve your function in some capacity, but until you address those root causal level um, areas, you're kind of, you know, grasping at straws. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important. I always love reminding people of that, especially because, you know, I, I use and share about my fair, my fair share of nootropics and things and appreciate them and still, and I've caught myself in the past of like times where, you know, I'm consistently getting like six hours of sleep or less and I'm trying to train and I'm trying to run my business and I'm trying to do all these things and just not feeling great at all. And then, uh, going to these crutches, reaching for these crutches mm-hmm. and then having to catch myself and be like, dude, you are so not living what you're preaching in this moment mm-hmm. um, and then you know re-humbling myself and recommitting and reorganizing and letting go of the distractions and just getting back to basics mm-hmm. um, which I think is sort of a continual process as mm-hmm. we continue to refine and improve um, human nature seems to be especially in our busy chaotic world seems to be that we drift away from those essential foundational things that we know work and we just kind of forget about them mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those natural elements balance us. They make a busy mind calm again, and then we start to see see things. And I had a kind of a, an experience at what you just described. My first ever stool test that I ran on myself before I practiced, I went to a practitioner, and same thing. Something changed in my brain. I just never experienced brain fog before. It was while I was touring, and uh, I had this little inkling, like this little thought of, oh, I wonder if I have a parasite. Mm. And I did my first test, and I was like, yeah, three parasites. Completely after doing the first protocol, my brain shifted back into this, you know, what I thought my brain was optimally functioning before I got these infections to after going, wow, this is actually how my brain's supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, yeah, the speed at which things would connect. And it was just kind of uh, so different to experience it. And it's such an experiential process, really, the whole practice. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a wonderful perspective. It's like, Taking what you said, people reaching for nootropics and, I mean, cool, bulletproof coffee in the morning, let's raise ketone levels, let's increase neuronal function and energy production in the brain. Those are kind of like the icing on the cake. Those are the fan- that, That's like piping happy birthday on the top of a cake, right? Mm. There, you can still eat the cake without the necessary happy birthday, whatever your name is, um, but it's a nice addition. But those things are meant to be short term. Another context is... If you push the brain too hard, the brain needs time to recover, like Odeo just said about balance. Mm. So if you start from a perspective of optimizing your health first, which is typically those basic inputs, sleep in a dark room, you know, cool air temperature at night is optimal for sleep, things of that nature. It's not sexy, but it works. Mm-hmm. Your environment should have a nice balance of things that are going to help keep the air clean, decent light frequencies, fresh air coming in. Your diet should be something that optimizes your nutritional status supports healthy metabolic function, doesn't raise inflammatory response. Exercise is great because it can increase things like BDNF, which can increase learning capacity. Um, meditation is great because it increases you know, the part of the brain that can actually harness short-term memory and convert them to long-term memory. It doesn't activate you know, the, the fight or flight nervous system, which decreases short-term memory. So mm-hmm. you do all those things first. And then if you want to quantify that, you can test yourself and get some more deeper detail. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to optimize brain function, it's picking something like a nootropic, knowing what it is that that thing does. Are you going to raise dopamine levels? Are you going to raise acetylcholine levels? Mm-hmm. Are you going to increase um, you know, the 
prefrontal cortex activity when you want to be focused in reading a research journal or do you want to do something more creative and increase mm-hmm. interhemispherical connection by trying something that might not be a nootropic but it's a brain enhancement product right so what is the goal like always having a perspective rather than just going this brain product does something to me i'm just going to take it because mm. you know the, the analogy that i use is kind of crude is like if you have a piece of shit and you spray cologne on it it's still a piece of shit <laughs> clean the surface first make the air smell good then you're not actually trying to cover something up mm-hmm. if that analogy works i don't know my brain's moving very really visual quickly. analogy but yes <laughs> it's, a, it's more like a like a sense analogy yeah like, yeah Kind of whole like package. Armani on poo. <laughs> oh, no. Please, no. No. But yeah, it, it's, it's you know, one of the most important thing that I've ever been given is perspective. Mm. People think information is the most important thing in the world. Information is easy to amass mm. if you're willing to read. But it's like, how do you look at that piece of information and know how to then implement it to help you get that desired effect that you're after? And if mm. that desired effect is optimized brain function or better brain performance, whatever that may be, Give yourself a roadmap of a foundational layer in which you look th- look through that lens and then what details or actions you need to take to get to that final step. I love it. I love it. I'm curious. Um, for, I'd love to hear from both of you guys on this. Um, when you wake up in the morning, are there specific things or a specific flow? Um, and you can get into as much detail or as not as, as you'd like, but things that you're taking practices you're doing, exercises you're doing, you know, sunshine, whatever it is that's, that's gearing your brain up for the day ahead. You first oh or me first? first. Oh, first thing I do is I greet the sun. Mm. <laughs> I like to, um, yeah, definitely get some sun while I have my morning elixir, and that elixir shifts as I shift, and um, kind of within the season, and I naturally feel more inclined to if it's like a matcha tea or if there's like a kind of a brain elixir that I'm trying out. Um, so something of that nature, a warming elixir in the morning, um, some sun, and then I start with a hot yoga practice. That's something for me that's been crucial in you know balancing myself. Even as a practitioner, it's so important to balance yourself before you go. You know, if you don't balance yourself before you, you show up for these people, then uh, you're not you're not gonna do anyone mm. a benefit. So that's really how I start, and then some uh, nourishing food after that. Mm. What would an ideal meal An be? ideal meal. Um, typically in the morning, some duck eggs mm. with lots of herbs and spices, some avocado. I do like grass-fed bacon. Yes, I do still eat bacon. Mm. Um, and some, you know, some bacon. sprouts and, and some things, you know, some vegetables. Changes a lot. And I think that's a, one of the things that I love is changing my food as often as I can and not getting into these regimented routines that are you know, with food and some of the, um, you know, the blue zones, the Okinawa, mm. they eat almost 70 foods a week and, mm. you know, their, their microbiomes are the most diverse because they feed all their microbiome, all these different plant fibers and the more diverse, the more balance is easy, more easily attained. Mm. So we get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting away from the whole like monocropping yes. idea. Yeah. It's so, so common. I love mm-hmm. that. Lots of colors, lots of color mm-hmm. variations. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I have my Frosted Flakes in the morning. No, I'm <laughs> fucking with you. Two percent pasteurized milk. And Skim. I want no fat, Brian. Fat is bad for you. Orange uh, juice. Orange Tropicana. juice or uh, um, what is that? An everything bagel and a double double. Ooh. Through the Tim Hortons drive-through. Delicious. No doubt about it, eh? Um, <clears throat> so you uh, morning routine. Uh, what I do when I wake up is I try not to spring out of bed right away. 
you know, when you're kind of in that interwaking state, you're not sleeping, you're not awake. I just kind of exist in that for a little bit, mm. a little bit of nothingness and just see what comes from that. Um, when I get up, I have a, a not a dissimilar pra- practice is I go outside and I try to get some sun on my face, set my circadian rhythm. And I am a, a man of one ritual is that the world does not matter until I make my coffee in the morning because that's just something that I love. Mm. Organic coffee, double espresso or pour over style, whatever. Mm. Um, and, and then from there, it's kind of a similar thing. If, if it's nice weather, if it's sunny, I don't, I like going for a morning walk just to get a little bit of motion. Uh, one thing that I suggest to clients, especially if they do some kind of fasting implementation or if they want to increase metabolic flexibility is if you do like a fasted low key walk, um, that's actually really metabolically healthy for you because mm. it helps you a couple things. When you wake up, your cortisol levels are high because light cycles induce a rise of cortisol because it's get up and get out of the bed, get energetic, do whatever it is you need to do during the day. So people sometimes take that to the extreme and they do like fasted morning cardio intervals and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a really fast way to burn out your adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's the, the desire to do so, it's either a morning walk in the sun after a coffee with no calories, or if I want to keep my, my glucose levels low throughout the morning, I will have some kind of bulletproof coffee. And then once I'm back from that, I'll make same kind of food. Lots of different color fibers, healthy fats, proteins, minimize carbs in the morning. And I just feel my brain so much better mm. as is my glycemic control. Because I can go like five to seven hours without food. Sometimes I actually do that and forget to eat like a second meal for a mm. while. But that's a sign in my mind of being metabolically healthy, not being so tied to having to, to regulate blood sugar. Mm. Uh, and then from there, it's whatever the day takes me. I just kind of anchor myself in the morning and have a, a variable structure throughout the rest of the day. Wonderful. Wonderful. I like that you brought that point up about uh, a fast way to burn out your adrenals. Because I think a lot of people are doing that these days, you mm-hmm. know, because it's very vogue, intermittent fasting and high intensity training and mm-hmm. all these different things. And this, this obsession that our culture has with being lean and ripped and that being like, you know, the pinnacle of your existence or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's mental illness is really what it no is. Way. You know, it's kind of an interesting perspective. If you're really healthy, it's hard to get fat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Think about that. Like, if your body's metabolically healthy, storing excessive excessive body fat is not easy. Mm. Like, for me to, and this don't want to sound narcissistic, for me to get fat, I have to put in a lot of work and just binge on junk food all the time and lie on the couch. Mm-hmm. But I've worked at the ability to actually increase, you know, metabolic flexibility. I've tried sickly ketogenic dieting, intermittent fasting, all these things. And you're right. There's a, there's a very double-edged sword with exercise, high-intensity stuff, be it CrossFit, fasting for less, the short eating windows, more exercise, it it precipitates a negative outcome for your body because you're always Mm. in a stress state. Mm -hmm. It's always sympathetic. Mm. Very rarely do we tap into parasympathetic activities anymore. So, you know, the morning walk or the morning yoga session, that's a much better idea because your body's not always having to prepare itself for battle. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in a calm state, you give yourself a nutritious meal like the duck eggs, the fibrous stuff, the avocado, you're able to digest it better. You're able mm-hmm. to absorb those nutrients better. And it just, it sets the, the regularity of the input for like the vibration of health. Mm-hmm. To do more of the health vibration things and then the manifestation is that. Yeah. And then fighting body fat, fighting the inability to build muscle mass, that stuff just kind of goes away because your body's in a state where it can do whatever you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will, it will respond with a healthy response to whatever stresses you choose yes. to put yourself under yes. rather than barely surviving the mm. onslaught of stress 
and then trying to put more stress on top of that. And then chasing the loop that goes yeah. back around. And you negatively look at yourself. Oh my God, yeah. I should. I have to punish myself. All these fucked up behaviors. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's really mm-hmm. insane. And yeah. the fact that there's, you know, massive industries around perpetuating these mm-hmm. things yes. um, just makes us have to be that much more on point and sort of questioning of why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, why, what, what's the goal Native here? Native hunter-gatherers would think the fact that we go to a gym is fucking stupid because day-to-day <laughs> activities would be what they use to maintain their fitness. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. go to a place just to pick things up and put them down again. Not saying exercise is bad. Mm-hmm. It's just the perspective of we have to structure an exercise because our lives are so far away from you know what it was that we were probably intended to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the negative relationship that can develop as a result of the obsession with these behaviors. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Most people could take care of a lot of their ailments or their, their unattained goals by actually just changing their focus of perspective and how they look at these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least as I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like all change, I think, starts in the mind. It starts mm-hmm. with a perspective shift. Because mm-hmm. until that happens, yes. you're kind of just blindly going around you know, hoping for the best. Yeah. Or following some guru's advice. Right. Thinking that you need to be like them or because this worked for them, it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Which is completely backwards if you look at you know individuality and yeah. uniqueness of the person and yeah. that's why we do health optimization shameless plug <laughs> yeah totally, <laughs> totally totally this is this is why we're here and this is why we're you know um ushering in this new way that mm-hmm. is more uh, person centric mm-hmm. right individual centric be with the individual help them mm-hmm. and then empower them to know how to help themselves yes. exactly that's exactly it mm-hmm is there anything else in terms of the brain that uh, you want to just like throw out there before moving on? Any myths? Are there any myths that you hear that like really you know rub you the wrong way? Any myths? Anything coming to you when it comes to brain health? Mm. Ooh, that's an interesting. <laughs> that's a, there's an idea right there. <laughs> I'm going to see if that person has a myth about brain yeah. health, and then I'm going to let you guys feel that. Okay. Hang with us there, people. Actually, this is a good opportunity. You know what the irony is? I just got something to protect my brain. It's a racing helmet. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's funny. questions and you're watching this either in real time or after the fact by all means pop into the comments and we'll do our best to hop in and uh, engage or shed some light or offer some perspective but that said okay it seems like the brain is well taken care of with the delivery of a racing helmet to cap it all off yes <laughs> minimize head trauma there's my final perspective that's a big one yeah that we could spend many hours talking about that mm-hmm. and I wish I would have known that as a kid but testosterone's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and here we are. So, um, switching gears. Do you want to touch on gut first, and then we'll get into sort of the skin and beauty side of things, or should we hop over? I am whatever. I'm cool with whatever okay. you want to do. Um, let's let's jump into skin. Skin. Let's jump into skin because it's one of those things that I think there's a lot of misinformation mm-hmm. out there, and again, there's industries that are designed to sort of confuse people and sell them stuff they don't need. And yeah. um, 
but yeah, let's let's dive in. Yeah, Skin health, what that reflects, how to go about cultivating it. And... Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to look at, and what I've kind of been interested my whole life in is this, you know, optimizing beauty, but from a place of knowing that it's an internal reflection of this inner radiance that can just shine through, and these external kind of modern day twenty step regimes that are actually disrupting our skin microbiome every time we use them every morning is kind of like the reason why all these, you know, clinics that that exist because people are just not getting anywhere with them and, you know, what's kind of a cool perspective is going like, naturally we have these bacteria that we need to befriend on our skin that take care of our skin. And um, what's a really cool thing is that the gut and the skin are very connected in that. Very much so. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of a new way to look at products in the sense of less is actually more, and to get away from that modern day, you know, I've got to drill this, I've got to have this 12-step regime, and you know, I've got to not go into the sun because it's bad for my skin when actually it takes care of our skin, and mm. you know, harnessing this bacteria and not overly exfoliating our skin because we're disrupting that, not using sulfactants on our skin because it disrupts and kills these bacteria using some natural products that, you know, balance the microbiome of our skin that's, you know, you want more good bacteria there than bad bacteria, similar to the gut. You exactly. Know? And I mean, just the, the whole idea that people are so divorced, and you're telling me this, from a lot of the ancient wisdom that people were doing. For example, there is a movement where people stop showering with soap. Mm -hmm. What did you tell me the other day? Only your pits and bits? Only your pits and bits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why, why was that again? Why are they not using soap? Because your, your bacteria will take care of the, you know, it's, it's like this, if you allow your bacteria to restore itself, the, the beauticians, the really the, the ancient wisdom that they are that, um, they, you know, they micromanage the functions that our skin naturally have, that, you know, mm. it's, it's really this, in nature, it knows how to take care of itself. Your skin knows how to take care of itself. It's really stopping disrupting its natural flow mm. and stopping with these, you know, pollutants, these, you know, chlorine in your shower. One of the best things you can do is get a, a chlorine filter. Mm. Um, yeah. Using oil cleansers to, you know, support lipid barrier function of your skin to, you know, nourish it and to keep it hydrated. I mean, I've totally changed my own skin routine based upon the things that I've learned from what Ayla's researched. Mm. Uh, and it draws a massive difference, right? You know, the, the whole idea is most people fear aging. They fear what happens to your skin. Um, and I don't know very much about skin, but I can just say from my own experience, having changed my own relationship to these things, I notice a physical difference right away. Because what are people after? They want to see a change, and a mm. positive change. Guy came in the clinic yesterday. He was instantaneously saying that, you know, he up at the cottage, he'd jump in the lake every day for a week. He wouldn't go in the shower. He wouldn't use personal care products and he stopped smelling <laughs> just from not washing himself which seems like such a counterintuitive mm -hmm. thing didn't but have an odor he was like oh, he told his God. wife to smell his arm <laughs> <laughs> mm. so come here so I'm like did yeah. you want to put her in a headlock or something yeah. but using some of those perspectives has made a massive difference in my own life I mean I don't have the background to talk about the science of it but I can just talk from experience yeah I mean it's it's kind of that like you see this trend in perspective that when we look at what we used to do, and, and used to do meaning generations before us and just this ancient wisdom, 
it's it's more about going back to that. It's more about going, you know, we don't have to get crazy with it. We need to get back to the foundational pieces that really support and, uh, you know, can optimize beauty. And it's not, you know, a bad thing that you can actually surrender it and allow your skin to take care of you and to take care of itself, really. And, uh, and you'll notice such a big difference and almost be wowed by it because you're doing less, you're spending less mm. money, you're just spending it more wisely. You're doing some of these practices that are more wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes a ton of sense. And I've certainly experienced that being at a cottage or being on vacation or someplace where you have access to like a freshwater lake or the ocean even. I mean, the salt gets a bit yeah. much if you have long hair and so forth, but um, it self, self-regulates, mm-hmm. right? Self-regulates. Um, not to say that you can't, you know, eat a bunch of curry and then smell that out of your pores naturally. <laughs> curry spices are quite yeah. formidable. <laughs> yeah, Greek, you know, yeah. is like, yeah. you will smell that. That's you fair. You totally smell it. Yeah. Um, and not to say that you can't cleanse your skin. It's just making sure that you're not using these, you know, chemical, chemically derived products that are really not helping you and really disrupting mm-hmm. and um, part of the problem. Yeah, sort of like carpet bombing all the good guys. Yes. And yeah. then wondering, why am I so dry? Yeah. Why am I breaking out? Why, Topical you know? antibiotics for the skin. Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. what you put outside of your body should match what you put inside your body. There should mm-hmm. be no difference of what, mm-hmm. of what you put on your lar- largest organ. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, an expression, too, of what, what's going on inside. You know, oftentimes, that's why it connects to the gut so well. Is if there's a gut issue, sometimes I see a lot of females that have a skin issue. And candida is a huge one. You know, and, and as you support your skin externally, and if you support your, yourself internally, it has to be that marriage between the two, because you can't have one without the other. Mm. Yeah. And what you also just triggered in my head as you were saying that, um, is the, the way that it reflects sort of our, our self-love. Yes. Right? Because so much of that reaching for other things is mm-hmm. rooted in a not good enough, not enoughness, not beautiful enough, mm-hmm. not perfect enough, whatever the, you know, the thought is, yeah. the belief structure is, and how when we, um, they're linked, you know, the honoring of our body's own wisdom and nature's wisdom mm-hmm. is, is definitely linked to that shifting into more of like a self-love practice. Yes. So. Yeah. I love, yeah, just the way that it... It's a direct reflection, yeah. right? It's, it's all connected, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Everything internal is a reflection external. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also just want to really drive home the point on the filter, yes. right? Because that, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you said it. And I remember when I worked at Whole Foods in Yorkville years ago, people always come in, oh, you have this cream for eczema, that cream for this, mm-hmm. this cream, this. And the first thing I'd ask them is, do you have a filter on your shower? Mm-hmm. And no one ever said yes. And they were kind of confused as to why would I ask them such a thing. Um, but then I would share that exact same thing and mm-hmm. say, you know, especially if you're taking a hot, long shower. Yes. It's, the, just... <laughs> it's actually worse to do it than drinking chlorine. Because mm. we have an internal digestive system and a filtration system that our skin doesn't have that extensive one. So it's, you know, you're in this heated environment. You're opening up your pores. Everything is open. Um, top of your head, every everywhere. So it's just kind of this really small thing that makes a big difference if you can just do that little thing huge yeah huge um and i don't know if you guys have like you know fancy uh recommended filters or anything that you've come across 
The nope. one is uh, Centivia, yeah. I think it is. That's yeah. the one I generally use. It just okay. screws onto your shower. Mm -hmm. Easy to get. Very affordable. easy to get. They're yeah. like, what, 45 bucks? Yeah, they're, they're... At Healthy Planet or Major's Emporium or some health food store. Very worthwhile. There's also a bath filter that they have that you put on the... So all the water runs through it like a little bag. Mm. And you can put it in the water. I think it helps to absorb some of the chlorine. And that's important, too, because if you're going to be soaking yes. in a whole tub of that stuff... Yeah. Um, think about a child too who's you know they're oh in that development process we usually bath the baby yeah yeah these things get overlooked mm -hmm. that are very very foundational mm -hmm. pieces totally totally um, I'd also love to touch a little bit on and I don't know how much uh, practice or information you guys have around it but um, you know using different kinds of light Right and and looking at funny the, that you the, ask uh, yeah, the photo the photoreceptors mm -hmm. and how our skin is taking in that information mm -hmm. and how we can use those different kinds of light for specific purposes. I wonder if there's anything mm -hmm. that helps specifically out with skin is the red light at six sixty nanometers. Um, that's something that's very very beneficial. Um, and what were you saying the other day about the? Oh, well, I mean, one of the most pers important perspectives when it comes to light is also, like, there, there is light in isolation. Like she said, the 660 is one of the best for helping with a collagen synthesis yeah, and regeneration. Collagen, yeah. mm -hmm. So the wavelength determines how much energy the light frequency carries. But there's also knowing how, you know, light frequencies are working together, interacting in our system. For example, if we put sunscreen on our skin, we block ultraviolet B from interacting with the sulfated cholesterol on our skin surface. So we block vitamin D synthesis, which is very, very detrimental to us in Canada because probably in about two weeks, we're not going to make any more vitamin D from the sun. So that's the first thing. But the other thing, too, is you talk about light and energy being information for the body to take in. When you go outside in the sun, you feel the heat from the sun, which is the infrared. And infrared penetrates the tissues quite deep. So what it ends up doing is it actually brings blood to surface. It causes vasodilation so that you can actually capture the ultraviolet light, which can only penetrate very, very shallowly in your blood. So you can irradiate your blood, which is not only antimicrobial, but it actually can help increase energy production. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, we are beings of light. We, we, in, we emit infrared. Mm -hmm. So there is using, you know, certain light frequencies, like there's an infrared sauna here, and I use that for helping with the toxification. But mm -hmm. I can't see that light. I can feel that light. Ayla's mentioning you can use 660 nanometers to help stimulate collagen production so the skin becomes more firm, less fine lines, wrinkles, and aging. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there are other light frequencies. I don't mean some of them are antimicrobial. Uh, I have UV filters here on my air filtration system because it also UVC is very antimicrobial to the mm -hmm. air around. You know, so the, the whole idea is you know, nature did a pretty good job with it. Get out in the sun sunbathe for a few minutes a day mm -hmm. you know between 10 a.m and 2 p.m that's when you should go for 10 15 minute walk or go in your backyard if there's no one around strip naked and just like worship the sun for a bit mm. and then if you do want to have a more strategic thing it's about measuring the wavelength figuring out what your goal or your desires are for that light frequency mm -hmm. and then knowing how to dose it because light in itself is a drug mm. we can't we can measure it we can feel it but Going overboard, like I have a UV lamp here, and I use a UVB mm -hmm. lamp in the winter. I burned myself with it because I thought more was better. Mm. More is more. Yeah. Context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, for people listening, they may have seen or may not have seen um, the myriad of red light devices that are out there now. Mm -hmm. There's a whole host of them. Uh, I can link to some of my favorites <clears throat> in the show notes. If you guys have any favorites, by all means, we can link to those as well. But 
um, they're becoming more commonplace, mm -hmm. right? And, and easier to get access to, um, and something that, you know, if you're going to invest in some sort of tech at home, yeah. seems like a good one, because it's going to last a long time, and particularly being in Canada, whether it's like you said, the UV or the red, both of which can, um, you know, help prevent the SAD that is so easy to fall into, seasonal affective mm -hmm. disorder. Mm -hmm. And just getting that blast, like one of my favorite ways to wake up is in front, I use um, the sort of infrared red heat lamps, right? And so to wake up in front of that and do some movement or some breathing or whatever it is, and you just feel that like charge, mm -hmm. right? It warms you up, it charges you up, and then I can go and do whatever I gotta do. Um, which in the middle of the winter is a godsend, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like the, the, the winter. It's not worth it. Unless I can be outside and be like, skiing or yeah, doing snow activities. activities it's not my favorite season i like winter for a couple weeks <laughs> mm -hmm. and then when it drags on it's like that. december 21st to december no sorry to january 2nd then i'm over it <laughs> yeah get all the parties see all yeah. the people in your life and then have some good. fun and then peace out for a while um okay very cool the only other thing on the skin side, what was it that was coming up? Well, the piece that you said about vitamin D and, and the blocking of vitamin D creation, right? And that the best sunscreen is just a physical barrier um, and keeping that chemical crap off, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I just want to re-emphasize that point about that there should be no difference between what we eat and what we put on our skin, yeah. right? So if you wouldn't eat it, don't put it on your skin. is mm -hmm. like a great rule for people to to test when they're looking in the store or trying to figure out what to use and yeah definitely yeah i mean it's a, it's kind of a foreign concept to some and i mean i come from a background that is that you know filled with these cosmetics that are very dirty and there's a couple apps really good apps that you can see uh, i think it's called think dirty uh, and you can basically look up all the products you're using you can scan it and then it'll show you just how dirty or clean these uh, products are, which is really useful and it was such an eye-opening thing to do because, I mean, things that we had to use as dancers are just, you don't even want to look at anymore. Mm. So the concept of, you know, I'm not going to put anything on top of my skin that I wouldn't put inside my body is, is one that really transforms your skin and it's a breath of fresh air. Mm. Um, and it's very nourishing, but um, yeah, there's a couple really good lines that are completely edible and and organic. I love Wildcraft. It's a local company from Toronto. Mm. And Living Libations. She's uh, an incredible mm. lady, Nadine Artemis. Um, so some of those are really, really great to start to shift um, your skin routines to more of that natural, uh, edible mm -hmm. cosmetics. Yeah, and for anyone listening that wants to dive deeper into the skin stuff, mm -hmm. Nadine Artemis did a bunch of really awesome shows with Daniel Vitalis on the Rewild Yourself podcast mm -hmm. that uh, I highly, highly recommend checking out. And her latest book, I think, Renegade Beauty, yes. is like an encyclopedia yes. for all things Incredible. natural skin and beauty health. So mm -hmm. definitely, if you want to dive into more, check those out. Um, we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of territory here. I think we're coming up on, let's just check. over an hour okay gut stuff we touched on some gut stuff we did and it integrated with the brain stuff we even talked about poo enough for my liking yeah I would like to though um, 
talk a little bit about probiotics. There's been a lot of mixed opinions on probiotics. Are half the products on the market doing anything mm -hmm. is a question I think is worth asking. Um, I see spore-based probiotics rising in popularity. Yes. Um, would love to sort of get your guys, um, you know, opinion on that or experience with that, both clinically, personally. You know, are they worth it? If they are, what are the best ones to go for? That is an interesting question. I mean, the whole idea of, of probiotics is you're trying to seed the, the microbiome with specific species of bacteria, right? So... If you think about your gut microbiome like that of a rainforest, if you're trying to enrich the ecosystem, sometimes introducing species actually does help. Sometimes introducing species like, for example, an Asian longhorn beetle will decimate pine trees. So there can be a negative consequence when you're looking at that same mm. kind of perspective in parallel. I can't say that live probiotics that you take orally get into your gut, specifically your colon, which is where the vast majority of bacteria reside because of their need to ferment short-chain fatty acids in there. I can't say that they definitively survive the trek in there because there's a multitude of variables that might prevent that. Mm. Is the capsule acid resistant? Is the bacteria you know, pH optimized for the digestive secretions? Can they tolerate the bile secretions XYZ? The one thing that I can say is if someone takes a probiotic and they feel better, then it's doing something positive for them. Full stop. I can mm. never take that away from anyone because we talked about the intuitive side of, okay, I feel I need this. I take it. I feel better. Great. Mm. If we're going to go more, more towards the scientific side of things, I look at probiotics as a patch for something that you have done to your system that has caused a dysbiotic state. Usually it comes from poor dietary choices primarily, um, poor lifestyle choices, meaning eating around the clock, eating the wrong kinds of foods highly sympathetically driven activities because that can prevent the, the natural rhythms of your GI system being able to clean itself out between, say, feedings, eating too frequently, drinking chlorinated water, um, not having good bowel health or bowel habits or mm. regular evacuation. So all those things can add a dysbiotic overtone to your gut. Then if you talk about traveling, picking up a parasite, all these things can basically result in, in a compromised scenario for our gut. From a probiotic perspective, I default to the spore side of things. Uh, reason being, I have had the luxury of working with a company like Microbiome Labs. So I have seen their data, I have seen their research, and I have had the information shared with me that not only have I been able to share with other professionals, I've used clinically. Um, being someone who focuses on the GI system as a specialty, I've seen a lot of success with using spore-based probiotics. Sometimes I will cycle live probiotics from specific companies. Um, but the way that you really rebuild your gut is actually through the dietary choices that you make. Bela made a good point in the beginning when you asked about the morning routine. The vast majority of what stabilizes our gut are the food choices we make because the fibers, the phytonutrients, the, the plant components that we eat on a regular basis actually become the thing that enrich the ecosystem. Mm. Right? You want to have ideally uh, a good diversity and a relatively high abundance of specific bacterial species because they take care of the ecosystem and they basically create this harmonious nature that prevents things like pathogens from growing excessively. Uh, they can prevent things like your mucosal barrier thinning out. They can prevent an over-vigilance of your gut immune system. Mm. And they can help you uh, ward off the likelihood of what happens when 
pathogenic bacteria get to interact with the cells of your digestive system and indu induce an inflammatory response and what results in typically leaky gut and permeability. An important perspective with the gut is it's meant to be an absorbative surface. So by virtue of that, it is actually a poor barrier because it's meant to pull things through it. If you compromise it because of whatever choices you've made, then the poor barrier becomes a dysfunctional barrier. And that's usually where a lot of the unfortunate realities of what we see from a disease state mm. begin to manifest. It just happens, you know, 10 to 20 years before that end stage disease comes up, be it something autoimmune, chronic degenerative, so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah, and you had me um, thinking about how this ties into the difference between you know, like germ theory and terrain theory, mm -hmm. and really optimizing the terrain, mm -hmm. um, and of course knowing that so much of our health begins and ends in the gut, right? So That's if true. we can optimize that environment, then we shouldn't really have to put in you know external sources of things unless we have some sort of incident or accident or exposure yeah. or whatever the case may be. I mean, there are scenarios like when we test clients' GI health. We look through urine, and urine gives us evidence of, okay, are there overgrowth of specific known pathogens or fungal infestations, right? Is it candida? Is it clostridia? Whatever. So if those things are present, you have to do something to help balance out the system. So there needs to be a degree of antimicrobial intervention. Mm. If someone has a healthy gut microbiome to start with, those processes typically go much more successfully, and the mm. outcomes are actually pretty quick, or you can get someone from a state of where they're in a negative health experience to being stable and healthy again mm. do you use probiotics in there yes i do because um we don't know enough about the gut to say probiotics are useful or useless generally speaking from anecdotal clinical evidence i find them to be very useful but i do like gravitating towards things like megaspore mm -hmm. sometimes using something like saccharomyces boulardii or even supplemental short-chain fatty acids because it helps to stimulate the terrain that's my that's what i'm after right we don't know what a healthy gut microbiome looks like. Theoretically, how many people are on the planet? Eight billion, billion, billion. something like that. So there's that many different microbiomes because no two are ever the same. We had this thing called the Human Microbiome Project that shut down a little bit too early. So we didn't get the core you know, microbes that everyone across the world holds. So you can kind of look at that as, well, maybe this is what needs to happen to help reseed a healthy terrain. Mm. Uh, but I, I am probably pretty confident in saying that the vast majority of probiotics out there are not doing what people think they do. They might be modulating things in other ways, but the best way to take care of your gut is actually to ensure all of the all of the nodes in the network, the digestive process, the evacuation process, everything that goes through the tube is as good a choice as you can make. So this way it can express that manifestation of health. Makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. From personal experience, I mean, one of the biggest things I've felt was spore, spore probiotics, like megaspore is incredible. Mm. And I've been the type of person where I never really experienced, oh wow, this probiotic or a normal on the shelf, 50 billion, um, did anything for me other than megaspore is 4 billion. It and is. And it's a spore forming and it changed, it, it helped me so much. So it's, it's quite a, an interesting perspective what you mm. just said there. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of why spore probiotics work is two things. Number one, they're not alive until they actually interact with the gut immune system. They're in suspended animation. But the theory is humans used to induce their exposure to microbes via their environment, right? And if you watch a baby, what does a baby do? It like touches something, but they, they, they educate the immune system. Mm. So once our immune system has been established, by the age of three, our microbiome profile is relatively established. 
Uh, from there, it's the constant interactions that actually div the diversify, stimulate, and help strengthen and maintain a healthy gut. So the spore probiotics are, are very similar to what you would find, say, in the soil. If you pull a root or a tuber out of the ground, you would consume some of those probiotics. They don't necessarily populate the gut, but they induce factors within the gut that help the high populations of things like lactobacillus, bifidobacteria, acromantia, fecalum, all those species that actually have important roles in the gut, they can proliferate because the environment is conducive to them doing so. It's like putting lush greenery in front of an herbivore in, in the wilderness, right? That's going to make them go there so that the carnivores have a source of food as well and the, mm. the ecosystem or the life cycle maintains itself. Mm. That's why everyone should have a dog. Yes. Dogs bring in bacteria. <laughs> and they enrich mm. your own skin and gut microbiome. Yes. I mean, there's, there's a theme to everything we've been talking about. Is like, if you look at everything in perspective, the, the skin in isolation has a cycle in which, in and of itself, can maintain the skin in isolation. Mm. But that also correlates to the body as a whole in terms of the health of that is contingent upon the health of the rest of the system. The gut, same kind of perspective. The brain, same kind of perspective. If you establish the baseline of health of the body via what Ayla said is the sum of the input signals, then the output is going to be that of health. The output is going to be that of wellness, performance, whatever you, you want it to be. But it's knowing that the, the body in its infinite wisdom only knows that of how to maintain health it's the decisions, the experiences, and the things we expose ourselves to that cause that state of dis-ease. And when we do that frequently enough, the body can only compensate for so long before something comes back up. It's like if we have chronic digestive issues, heartburn, bloating, you can only take so much Zantac, or you can only take so many laxatives before that stops patching up the, the gap that you're actually not listening to. Mm. So the whole idea of, of anything, if you want to optimize whatever we've spoken about is knowing the perspective of what to look through, the lens to look through, and then knowing enough about that lens in order to know what interventions are going to get you back to that state, be it from a skin perspective, be it from a gut perspective, a brain perspective, um, and all of them work off of a baseline establishment of health first. Very well said. Thank you. Very well. See, said. that blue canatine just finally just took hold. Right? Just that, that effect <laughs> for that one little monologue. And I can go. I love it. Um, start to wrap here. Just a couple questions that I'd love to hear both of your answers to. Um, and the first one, I mean, I would probably would have asked you these in our original episode. And I'll link, for those of you listening, Roland and I did an episode, a live episode. <sighs> Two years ago, maybe, more or less. I, I'll look it up and put Were we even the same people then, Brian? <laughs> no. No, we weren't. It'd be fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I can link to that in the show notes, which again, for this episode, will be at brianhardy.ca forward slash home hope, where we'll, uh, I've been taking notes as we've been going through, and I'll link to all the things we're talking about. Um, but I imagine your answers changed. I have no idea what you answered back then. Um, but yeah, so when you hear the term redefining reality, what does that bring up for you? I've had this perspective thing indoctrinated in me. It's like there's this book I read quite often. It's called Illusions, Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. Mm. And the setup is there's a messiah and he's actually from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's a mechanic who quits being a mechanic 
becomes a messiah and quits because people just want to see miracles and no one cares about what he has to say. Mm. So there's this thing called the Messiah's Handbook. And uh, the first lesson is perspective, use it or lose it. So when you ask me that question, um, I ask who's reality, right? Everything is inside of us, is our own reality. What we think to be real is real. So when you're redefining reality is like, what, what lens do you want to look through? What role do you want to play? And what do you want to experience out of your life? Mm. You know, that, that, that's an important thing to establish that. And, and, and my hope for all people who are trying to redefine their own reality is they're able to determine what it is they want to experience in this world and they have enough of, of a, a courageous motivation in them to actually go for it. So redefining reality is, you know, open up, take off the blinders of, of what you've been told of life, question things that you think may not be something that you sit with, um, and just define what you want to experience as your own reality. And your own definition is all that really matters. Mm. That's my perspective of redefining reality. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Ayla? I like that. That's nice. Um, I'd say it's similar to that, but I mean, to me, redefining reality is like, it, 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 and what has happened really in my life over the last few years and what I've noticed the biggest difference in myself is, is looking internally and going, I don't need to be anyone else but myself. And it's, it's that, that you kind of see now in modern, you know, social settings, be it social media and all these things that people are trying to be this whether it's an archetypal person or if it's it's this, you know, authentic thing. But the authentic thing that people are trying to attain is actually right there and you just have to look inward and, and find it in yourself. So, you know, meditation's been a huge thing for me in, in finding it and redefining my reality almost every day. You learn so much about yourself when you give yourself that opportunity to look inside mm -hmm. and to go, oh, well, that's why I look at things that way or... I don't need to, to keep that because it's not serving me. And this isn't actually mine. This is something that's been given to me from childhood. And we have so many imprints from our parents and so many imprints from the people that are around us that are actually our teachers and our people that, you know, are teaching us that we can choose to look at it that way or we can look at it our own way. So, yeah, it's, it's a journey in itself. Mm -hmm. And it's ever-changing and it's, it's a process that even my dance teacher told me you know, one of my mentors way back in that field, she said, you know, it's all about the journey. It's enjoying the journey. And, and you know, I was a big competitor. And uh, she said, it's not even about the event of that. It's really the, the weaving of getting yourself to that point that is actually the magical part. And it's, it's paying attention and being aware of what's going on in the present moment of that. Mm. Seeker yeah. is the search and the search is the seeker. They're mm -hmm. one and the same. Yeah. And the only place that we find joy and connection and all these great things is now, right? Yes. So let's remember that, shall we? And all of y'all listening, remember that. It's here. It's already here. Hmm? You couldn't escape it even if you try. It's whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. I just choose fun, happiness, love, abundance, all those wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Okay, the last thing um, would be three... Teachers, teachings, books, documentaries, quotes, whatever it might be, that were either like really impactful for you in your own journey, or that if someone is listening to this and they're really vibing on this and they want more of this, you know, resources that you might offer that might connect on any of the levels we talked about. It could be anything. There's no limits here. Um, but just what might those those three things be for each of you? 
Do you want to go first in this one? Take it away. You want me to go first? All right. <laughs> um, I will say that the most impactful thing that I've ever experienced was the gift of having someone mentor me. Um, and it was my mentor was the the founder of Health Optimization, and and I meant I kind of gave this one massive piece of uh, information in little bits. He said, Roland, the most important thing a mentor can provide, sorry, can't speak anymore, <laughs> is perspective. I've said this word a lot. It's like, mm. Information can be a mass. Things can be learned, memorized, and read, but it's how to look at something and the lens that you look through is really the greatest tool that you have in this life. So true mentorship has been something where, you know, if you imagine yourself as a blank canvas or even imagine yourself as a photo that has very specific detail, knowing that you can actually strip all of the, the rigidity of what that photo looks like, allow yourself to be a blank canvas and have someone not build it for you, but provide you the tools to build what you want that, that picture or that photo to look like. That's been the greatest gift for me. It's the most important thing. Um, if we're looking at a, a book or a resource, I'll come back to that book that I, I mentioned, Illusions, Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah, just because it's written in a way that's such an easy read. The story in and of itself is different every time you read it because theoretically you're a different person every time you do. Um, and then from there I find that there's a lot of little nuggets that you can apply to day-to-day -day life to take yourself into a situation with the awareness of what that situation is all about and know, like what Ayla said, what, who or what is the teacher in the situation that you need to learn from it. And I'll give a quote. So I gave a, a book, a resource, an experience, and a quote. My favorite quote of all time that I use often is, argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. Mm. And if, if anyone wants to just kind of sit with that, um, it might bring out some awarenesses of, you know, you might actually get angry at that thought. And that might be a limitation of your own ego, having control over how you look at things. You know, it's the sum of the stories you tell yourself at any one time, the things you hold on to, the things you've decided upon, the way they are, the way they aren't. So whatever you tell yourself is a limitation, it's true. You get to keep it. If you can or can't do something, that's just the manifestation of what you decide. And it's perfect and okay as it is. But if it doesn't serve you, like was mentioned before, um, I hope people can shed those things so they can experience the greatest version of whatever they want their go-around on this planet to be. I love it. There's a lot of wisdom in that quote to meditate on and journal on and... And another way to yeah. say it is um, argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. Mm -hmm. Might be easier. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Over to you, Ayla. Well, I, I would have to say that Roland is one of my biggest... Uh... Oh, you poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, though. It's, it's that that you've shared with me and, you know, from dead, uh, Dr. Ted Achikoso as well. Um, just you guys have been such um, such gifts in my life as mentors as well in sharing that very valuable perspective um, that it is that lens that you should look through in, in all areas of life but um, a huge inspiration as well and someone that I really look up to is Nadine Artemis and, and she's really you know sharing a valuable message and a new way to look at you know what uh, renegade beauty and these these practices are really about and how you know we are in kind of a world of narcissistic you know that beauty is becoming this this loop that you're trying to attain when it's actually the same thing it's the same principle of looking inside and going oh if I'm healthy and if I can attain health my perspectives will shift 
and then the perspectives that you know when you're healthy you look at things differently the internal will match the external and you'll start to you know vibe at a different a different level and um, yeah and I would say a really good book you shared with me um, Outwitting the Devil mm. which is a really kind of good good book it, it's humorous but it's so true and it's one that will make you it's a page turner for sure especially if you're not into books and you're like oh I can't really sit still it's one that I find that uh, it's really really valuable in perspective yeah and if you want to have, really have some fun get the audio version oh, okay and listen to the devil voice and Napoleon Hill's voice it's quite the production you know yeah. that book was hidden for many years and only released long after his death because of what he wrote the challenge the convention of marriage religion all those things at times yeah, yeah. It was, it was so far ahead of its time, it was too controversial. Yeah. And his, uh, I think his family hid it away. Until, his wife. Yeah. Didn't want to tarnish his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Symbolism, it can fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. And that's by Napoleon Hill, for all y'all listening. Yeah. You probably heard of Think and Grow Rich, which is his most popular release. But uh, yeah, Outwitting the Devil is a fantastic one. That, um, yeah, such an, such an interesting and uh, enlightening mm-hmm. story slash exploration totally. I think um, okay so for people who want to either follow along connect to the clinic connect to you guys where are we sending them what's the best way to connect to get more information to follow along uh, the, the website that has the ability to directly contact the clinic is actually um, rttrcorp.com if you want to learn more about health optimization, uh, homehope.org is the website. Or if you Google health optimization medicine, you'll find uh, a multitude of different resources there. Um, I'm a bit of a social media ghost, so I have no way to be contacted. Mm-hmm. However, I do have social media. Mm-hmm. So Instagram is probably the only platform that I use. Um, and it's just A-Y-L-A, Ayla Reed, R-E-I-D-X. Someone stole my name. Mm. We'll find them. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I have a team of people searching at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. And you know what? For the people who are listening, Brian, you have connection to us. So if they reach out to you, you can direct them our way. And mm-hmm. we will, uh, if anyone's interested in going through the health optimization process, we will happily take care of them. Beautiful. Get real down and dirty with poo, pee, and blood. <laughs> we don't touch the poo, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They have to collect it in a little tray. Yeah, it's yeah. a humbling experience. And actually. mush it up with a stick. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the wonders of uh, these bodies. I know. Mm. It's beautiful. It's a great experience. I, I didn't even do an accent the whole oh, thing. Oh, oh. oh great. Christ. I'm really yeah. Scottish. I just put in a Canadian accent for the whole time. Well, you're very convincing, so. Thank you. Uh, if this whole clinic thing doesn't work out, which I'm sure it will, busking on the street corner and <laughs> doing impressions at the street corner is it? Or future. you know, voiceovers or yeah, acting voice acting or something yeah. like that. Sounds good. Okay, I can do a. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I just that was, it was, it was like, like a, a gruff western. I, 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 I just thought of Napoleon Hill and the Devil. I thought outwitting the Devil. What would he sound like in my head? I'm actually very interested to to listen to that that uh, version. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I read it in that way in my head, but that would be... Listen to me, Ayla. <laughs> okay. Do as I say. 
Okay, I'm getting crazy. No, it's great. Yeah, it's stop. great. Um, it will wrap up. We need nourishment, Brian. We do. We do. We've been talking about nourishment, how to nourish ourselves, the brain, the body, the skin, all the good things. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank for you. creating the space and being open and sharing and you know putting in the years of work and practice and study to make this a thing. It's amazing. It's happening in Canada, right here, right, right now. now. Actually, officially tomorrow, but right now. It's already well be... in process. Yes. It's already in process. There's pee coming tomorrow to this clinic, so it's in process. Fresh, hot pee. <laughs> Actually, it's got to be cold and right. frozen. Cold? i got to send it off frozen or else it's dangerous. Oh, okay. Fresh, hot pee. <laughs> Fresh, hot pee. I want to oh, cover that right now. I'm oh. not talking urine therapy, although there seems to be some credibility to that. Midstream morning urine, fresh, hot pee. Yeah, I've never, I've never, it's like a Tim Hortons commercial. I've never drank from that fountain myself, but um, on that oh. note, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for doing this work. Health optimization is here. Really the time to care about yourself, love yourself express your potential, your gifts, find your community. It's all, it's all now. It's and all here. And clearly not take it too seriously. No, exactly. Have fun. You know, you got to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet. You got to make some mistakes to learn and grow and uh, enjoy all that this journey we call life has to offer. So thank you for listening again. The show notes for all this will be at brianhardy.ca forward slash home hope. And uh, if you have questions, definitely reach out, get in touch. If you want to optimize yourself, Definitely reach out because these guys are on the cutting edge. And uh, until next time, keep redefining reality. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao for now, y'all. Okay, I hope you appreciated that as much as I did. Like I said, if you want to support the show, go to the blog, brianhardy.ca, and uh, click on some of the products. Check out the affiliate offers. Check out the uh, donation and community building offers through Patreon and PayPal. And uh, if you feel like sending some green energy my way, it would be much appreciated and really help to continue this podcast, continue this work, and uh, keep things going, keep things churning, flowing, and feeling great. Okay, be well, take care, and as always, if you've got personal health challenges, if your gut is not right, if your brain and your energy are not right, if you're struggling, you're suffering... Do yourself a favor, reach out, get connected, and I will set up a time to chat with you completely free, and we'll figure out what's going on and see what I can do to support you. Okay, much love and be well.
birth and all we see Creating land above With the fire underneath But I've been looking for a deep connection And here that's what I found This item shares her lessons On sacred ground Let go and open up Deep connections all around
Breathe. 